Hi everyone, Alex here, your host for the Marketing 101 podcast. Before we start the episode, I just wanted to tell you about the fantastic company 34SP who very kindly sponsor this podcast. They do that because they know that their green website hosting service is almost certainly going to be of interest to listeners just like you. I host all of my websites with 34SP and I do this because they put sustainable and ethical practices first, because they have an awesome customer support based in Manchester and because they are, of course, very competitive on price. So if you are looking to build a new website or coming up to the renewal of your existing website hosting, then be sure to head over to 34sp.com. That's 34s for sugar, p for peter.com. Their basic hosting costs $9.95 a month, which is almost certainly cheaper than whoever you're already using. And if you use the code Alex101, or mention this podcast, then you'll get your first three months for free. So head over to 34sp.com to check out their ethical hosting. I promise you will not be disappointed. Right, on with the podcast. Hi there and welcome to Marketing 101 Big Steps for Small Businesses, the podcast that takes the overwhelm out of marketing and brings you tips, tricks and actions to enhance and grow your own business on a weekly basis. I am Alex, the founder of Marketing 101, a marketing consultancy born from me when I was furloughed, giving free support to businesses throughout the C19 pandemic. And we now offer consultancy and marketing support whilst continuing to give free guidance to small businesses and the self-employed. In general with this podcast you can listen to the episodes in any order just scroll through the available episodes see which ones are of use to your business and go for it. But this is part two of a two-part social media podcast series so if you do want to learn about why you should be doing social media the benefits of it the goals you might want to set yourself and therefore how to measure if you're doing any well, then go back to the first part uh, and give that one a listen first. But if you're ready for part two, grab something to make notes with and let's get to the content. In this episode, we're going to just run through five of the most important social media platforms and how to use them for your business. You've got your goals we did that in part one of this series, so let's jump straight into the platforms and see if they can solve those goals for you. Going to start with the biggie, it's Facebook. So Facebook is great for building a community of people that are interested in your business and then engaging them on various levels. My general advice is to use a group or page for your business and then post engaging and interesting content on there that isn't too salesy. They might be interested in your business, but they might just be interested in the kind of products that you're selling, or they might be interested in the the brand that you're selling. So think of it like a playground for your business. People are normally on social media for pleasure or distraction, so you can't just go in hard with sales. You've got to give them things that they can enjoy, things that will distract them, pretty things, funny things. You can't just go with your sales messages. If you do want to do sales messages, then consider setting up adverts for them. This is a a huge benefit of Facebook. You can have incredibly targeted adverts running for very small budgets, perhaps £10 a week, that will reach a couple of thousand people each time. 
you can tweak and refine the adverts based on what seems to be working. And Facebook can actually help you kick things off by running several, I, I think up to seven consecutive adverts and showing you which are, are working best. Uh, so you can hone in on those. This is a kind of A-B testing that marketers use a lot. Sometimes we call it digital alchemy, A-B testing. But Facebook can do it all for you. You just have to set up the various adverts and then let them do their thing. You can, of course, use the adverts to send people directly to your website to start shopping and you'll see a lot of those. But if they don't check out, so if they don't buy from you, then you're going to lose them. And that is money wasted. So my advice is to use Facebook adverts to drive people to your Facebook page or group where they can become a part of your audience or drive them to some kind of data collection. So if you can offer them a free download in return for an email address, then that's quite a good use of an advert as well. You've got their contact details. You can continue to market to them. Remember, most people don't buy something they've seen only once. And that's why just selling a product via Facebook or via a Facebook advert is is not always going to be very successful. People buy things on impulse if they're cheap, um, but cheap products aren't going to go down very well on advertising. You're not going to balance the cost of your product against that advertising campaign. For more expensive products or services, and and when I'm saying expensive, I'm talking anything over an impulse purchase. So anything more than 10, 20 pounds, they're going to need a number of touch points with your brand or product before they're going to commit. Uh, There's various studies out there, loads of different numbers thrown around from five touch points to 500 touch points. But one thing they all have in common is that it's at least several touch points. So be smart. Don't expect immediate sales from your Facebook ads. Instead, pitch for engagements. Try and grow your page audience or your mailing list where you can then continue delivering the rest of those touch points free of charge. It's worth pointing out, by the way, that incredibly targeted opportunities are not unique to Facebook. One of the reasons social media works so well is because it allows niches and clicks to form, drawing together people who have shared interests and approaching these groups in a genuine manner with the right product or service or brand can be hugely successful. I mean, as an example, if the group is for fans of Japanese metal music and your independent record label has a Japanese metal band, you want to get a few more downloads, maybe you want to figure out where to take them on tour, then your approach to that Japanese metal Facebook group is likely to be very well received. Go in there trying to sell child-friendly motorbike sidecars and they're probably not going to be impressed. Images, videos and links to blogs work best on Facebook. So if you've got content elsewhere, such as a YouTube channel or a blog or a podcast, then consider cross-promoting these to your Facebook page or group. It's going to work really nicely. It's going to help you grow audiences on your other channels as well. Anything where a visual can go alongside it. One other thing that I've worked really well on Facebook, and I referenced this in part one of this series, um, is if it's immediate sales that you're after, run Facebook Live for your page fans and talk through the products. I've seen it done as as product demonstrations, as auctions, but the best that I saw was a feed and they ran it almost like a QVC sales channel. So they gathered their fans on their Facebook page um, and then they were doing a Facebook Live, running them through the latest products that they were adding to their shop and selling them there and then. The key is to keep your page non-salesy for the rest of the time. So create a little community that looks forward to jumping on live and interacting in the comments, then promote the event and do it weekly. 
Obviously, you need to be able to present confidently, but it doesn't need to be polished. Think of it like a digital version of a Tupperware party. And apologies to my listeners across the rest of the world uh, who may not know what a Tupperware party is. I I think it's quite an English thing. It's an old style of um, door-to-door sales where someone in the community would basically sign up to be a Tupperware representative. Tupperware being plastic sealable pots that you keep your food in. And then they'd have a party to show off all their amazing plastic pots and sell them. That's what this is, but it's online and it's for your fans wherever they are in the world. So that's Facebook. Next up, we're going to talk about LinkedIn. LinkedIn started as a social media tool for job hunting, really. It was where you'd upload your CV. You'd send it to people that you thought might want to employ you um, and network with, with those people. That's still a huge part of it, of course. But if you run a B2B business or you're self-employed, then you mustn't underestimate the potential for gathering leads via LinkedIn. People might originally sign up to LinkedIn because they're now job hunting, uh, but no one deletes their profile once they found a job. They now become representatives of a business and you can find them and approach them via their business page and networking with their personal account. So in part one, we talked about those manufacturers who are bringing maybe clothes, maybe uh, accessories and trying to get them into the shops on the high street. LinkedIn is going to be great for that. You can find Debenhams on LinkedIn and you can see who their head buyer is. You can find Marks and Spencers and see who's listed as head of accessories and then you can approach them. Once you've added them as a connection, then it's time to get to work. I almost always promote a content-led strategy for LinkedIn, creating content at least weekly, sharing it to your business page and then resharing from your business page to your personal network where you've contacted these people and, and are now engaged with them and instructing your colleagues to do the same where possible. Getting content in front of leads or potential leads is going to put you at the forefront of their mind and paint you as an authority. We do cover this more in a content strategy episode of the podcast. So if you're B2B and you think this is something that that could work for you, then head over for a listen uh, and we will remove the overwhelm of a content strategy, get you started down the right path. I'll pop the link in the description. Don't forget you've got 100 invite credits per month on LinkedIn as well. Um, So you can you can invite up to 100 people to your business page every single month. Top tip, open up your calendar, set a monthly reminder, use those credits up, don't let them go to waste. But don't forget, LinkedIn has rules that you can only invite people to like your business page once. That's to avoid you hassling people. So if you're setting up a brand new business page, I thoroughly recommend getting a good five or six posts onto it before you start inviting people. That's five or six blogs or podcasts or videos that, yes, people may never read. But that way, when people arrive, they have something to get their teeth into straight away. And they don't just arrive at a blank page. Um, And of course, you can reshare that content down the line. It hasn't gone to waste just because you've posted it first. And to be honest, this is probably a tip for all your business social media channels. If you're setting them up from scratch, run them for a couple of weeks before you invite people. People are going to be much more receptive and might even make that move to contact you. If they arrive at a social media page that you've invited them to and there's content there, they can see what you're about. They can see what you're doing. So in a moment, we're going to cover Twitter, YouTube and Instagram. But first up, please hold tight whilst I earn my keep with a couple of quick money messages. Yes, it's advert time. So with the end of lockdown in sight, don't know about you, I'm starting to think about where I'm going to go on holiday, but I'm really nervous about making sure I get it right 
the upheaval of the tourism industry over the last few months, I don't really think I know what I'm doing, what I can trust. Thankfully, on the Marketing 101 podcast, we have a fantastic partner called Wanderlux Travel Designers, who act as your very own travel PA, ready to give you free, honest advice about your next getaway. They cover everything from flights, transfers, hotels, excursions, reservations, all the way through to creating special moments and unique experiences. As a bespoke travel planner, they're going to save you time, save you money, and they'll VIP you on your next well-deserved break, as well as giving you peace of mind, which is what I need, that you're getting best advice from a professional. Benefits also include free upgrades, money vouchers, or maybe a welcome bottle of bubbly for your room. All you need to do is contact them for a call on wanderlux.co.uk. That's wanderlux, W-A-N-D-E-R-L-U-X.co.uk. And to make sure you get that extra special treatment and to help support this podcast, make sure you quote Marketing 101 when you make contact. That's wanderlux.co.uk and quote Marketing 101. Get yourself a holiday booked. That's the adverts done. Let's get back to the podcast with Twitter. So Twitter is a social media platform that a lot of businesses struggle with. So it's definitely one to be smart about when you use it. If you want it for customer service, it's perfect. People will find you, they will use it, but be warned, they will often be complaints and they will be public complaints, especially once you respond. But as long as you've got great customer service policies like free returns, no hassle refunds, then you're going to do absolutely fine. A complaint is an advocate just waiting to be turned. Have a strategy in place that defines how you're going to not only respond to complainers, but how are you going to turn them around, make them smile, make them laugh, make them satisfied, and they will become an advocate for your business. Not only have you got an advocate, but you've got that history of the communication on your Twitter and onlookers will be wowed by your customer service and have that extra confidence that they're going to be treated well when they buy from you. So it's a great touch point tick right there. Perfect touch point for your your customer journey. Other than being great for customer service, Twitter is really just a great, great news feed. And it can be therefore used for pretty much any of the goals that we uh, discussed in part one. Share your content on there, share your products, share your news and share it regularly. Now we covered this in our content strategy episode, but if you've written a blog, then you can't just post it once. Content takes time to create. You've got to get your value out of it. So post it three times to Twitter in the first week, then once a week for a month, and then once a month until it becomes irrelevant or update it and then start the cycle again. As you create more and more content uh, or more and more promotions, more and more sales, your Twitter is going to become really nice and busy. And that's what you want. Tweets disappear in the blink of an eye. So you want to make sure you're tweeting nice and regularly to stay in people's minds. Uh, For Twitter in particular, I suggest using a scheduling tool. I'm a fan of HootSuite. Hoot like an, an owl, sweet like a suite of sofas, I think, uh, Hoot Suite, and it's free for up to two social media accounts. So obviously you can dig into this yourself, but I will be putting out a podcast and a blog all about content and social media scheduling using Hoot Suite very, very soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that either here on the podcast or over at 101blog.co.uk. Instagram, We all know Instagram. It's all about the visuals. It goes without saying that it can drive sales if you're selling things that are visually pleasing. Um, It probably works best with your more bespoke 
products like kind of artists or, or, or photographers but if you also do a creative service like makeovers hairdressing or, or a gourmet food truck then this is going to work really really well for your selling it's clearly going to be also a great route for anyone looking to build that portfolio or vanity page that we mentioned in part one you can make pretty much any photos or videos look great using the instagram's inbuilt filters tools effects And the app itself is also built with beauty in mind. It makes the images as big as possible when they're viewed singly or it creates a beautiful tiled wall when looking at a profile page. So it's great for painting that brand picture. We generally advise Marketing 101's clients to think of Instagram like a diary. As with most social platforms, people want to see regular, real-time updates. So think about using it to log your process as well as your product. So for example, if you run an events company, then use Instagram to publish the whole cycle of that creation of that event from location scouting, set design, rehearsals, backstage, and then take a video or even go live at the event itself. And don't forget the stories aspect of Instagram. This is really, really useful. They're posts that uh, disappear after a certain amount of time. So they're great for promoting timely events, uh, promotions or sales and also for engaging with other businesses that you want to know you support, but maybe you don't want to live permanently on your feed. So the final platform we're going to talk about today is YouTube. A brief mention here for YouTube really is while it does fall under the category of social media platform, it's not particularly accessible for everyone because as a rule, you need to be able to create relatively polished video content, which I know is something a lot of small businesses might not be able to do. Remember, though, your phone is probably got a good enough camera for YouTube, so you could certainly give that a go. It would definitely work for maybe product demos or unboxings. Um, If you can get a bit of a set and maybe a clamp for your phone, you might need a lamp pointed in your face. Um, But it's often worth thinking outside the box with YouTube. It's really not a great place for selling in the actual video content itself. So if you can create either fun or educational, engaging video content that is related to your business but not selling, then YouTube might just work for you. Uh, As an example, Marketing 101, we post our vidcasts on YouTube. Much like these podcasts, they are free educational tools that also help us build brand awareness. Uh, Another example, using our food truck owner from before, they could film taste trials for new recipes or they could give demos of how to make their dishes at home. That kind of fun, engaging content will build their brand without selling their product directly. Little side note, YouTube's also a great place just to host videos that you want to embed in your website. So do consider that you can kind of set it all up and build a YouTube following almost in the background whilst you get the embedding done. Um, If you can't create polished YouTube videos, then it is best avoided. There's nothing wrong with selfie style videos or low budget video content, but I I recommend it's better positioned on Facebook or Instagram, uh, either do it live or positioned almost as kind of throwaway content. So there we go. We've covered five social media platforms Um, down the line of this podcast. No doubt we'll revisit some, if not all of them and go even deeper, particularly Facebook. We'll talk to you all about how to do uh, your paid adverts on there. They're, They're a great, great tool, but Hopefully, in this two-part podcast, we've helped you decide how to go about tackling social media. You know you need to start with a goal. You know you need to work out what you need to achieve that goal and which social platform to use to do it. Stay focused on that goal and your social media channels should become a help rather than a hindrance in no time. 
that's it. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I really hope you found it useful. If you couldn't take notes, head to 101blog.co.uk where, if not immediately at some point, we will have a blog about this very subject. Subscribe to make sure you get the updates on that. We'll also send you, once you've subscribed, updates on the blog, the podcast and the YouTube channel and anything else you might need to know. We're not going to hassle you uh, with emails weekly probably less is what to expect from us if you'd like to ask me a question directly tweet me alex ryan uk that is twitter at alex ryan uk if you want to join marketing 101 on our social media channels you can find our link tree in the episode notes click on that and it will show you all of our various profiles please subscribe to this podcast it makes the world of difference as does leaving a review or rating the podcast using the the stars uh It's a great, great help. And of course, once you've subscribed, you'll get a notification of our next podcast. Thank you for dropping by and I will see you next episode. so much for listening i hope you found it useful don't forget to check out our lovely sponsor 34sp and their ethical web hosting if you haven't already just head on over to 34sp.com and use the code alex101 at checkout to get your first three months website hosting completely free that's alex101 or 101 if you're typing it the customer support's amazing they're ready to help you transition smoothly to what i totally believe will be your hosting partner for life 34sp.com We'll see you next episode.